Hello and welcome to Reorg Europe's Middle Market Podcast. It's Thursday, September 30. I'm Jayshree Kalia, Mid-Market Managing Editor in Reorg's London office. Since we launched the European Middle Market product in early 2020, we have brought subscribers in-depth coverage on close to 800 companies. On this and future podcasts, we'll be diving into some of these topical situations and discussing important trends and developments. Today, I'm speaking to reporter Andrew Ross about the recent collapse of small-sized energy providers and the impact of the European energy crisis. We look at why smaller suppliers in the UK have been affected and what government support is available. We assess how the surge in gas prices is affecting other sectors and how this is shaping special situations in the middle market. Hello, Andrew. Can you tell us why small energy suppliers in the UK have collapsed so quickly? Well, Europe is going through an energy crisis. Wholesale gas prices have increased by 250% since the beginning of the year and risen by 70% since August, according to figures from Oil & Gas UK. This is having a negative impact on suppliers across the region, but the UK appears to be hit worse than most, mainly because it's more reliant on natural gas than its European neighbours. This has left some of the UK's smaller size suppliers with unsustainable capital structures and business models. This is particularly the case with small energy suppliers that provide fixed rate pricing plans to customers. The increase in gas prices is due to a few different factors, including a cold winter that left gas stocks depleted, high demand for liquefied natural gas from Asian countries, low wind power output, and a reduction in supply of gas from Russia. But it's not just the increase in wholesale gas prices that is putting UK suppliers in distress. There are additional financial pressures. For example, suppliers were due to pay for their Renewable Obligation Licenses, or ROCs, last June and August, which many failed to do. ROCs are environmental certificates issued by the UK regulator Ofgem to electricity generators and then bought by suppliers to fulfil their environmental obligations. A list of companies that defaulted on their payment obligations is set to be published by Ofgem in the coming weeks. Which energy providers have failed and are there others that are on the brink of failing? So far in September alone, nine energy suppliers have entered administration, including PFP Energy, Money Plus Energy, Utility Point, People's Energy, Green, Avro Energy, and three that ceased trading yesterday, which are Igloo Energy, Symbio Energy, and Enstroga. Igloo, which had bank loans of around £3 million as of last year, was working with Alvers and Marcel to address immediate liquidity concerns. Earlier this month, Ofgem issued Igloo with provisional orders to make payments to meet its feed-in tariffs or FIT levelization obligation of about £261,000. The FIT scheme administered by Ofgem provides financial incentives to owners of small-scale renewable energy generators paid for by suppliers. Any supplier that failed to pay its year 11 FIT levelization obligation by the September 17 deadline was in breach of the rules of its supply license. Other middle market energy providers continue to struggle with the ongoing gas crisis, such as Bulb, which supplies renewable energy and gas to about 1.7 million domestic members. It is working with Lazard to explore new financing options, including raising new funds from its lenders and a potential joint venture or merger. Energy firm 
Utilita, which supplies energy to nearly 800,000 customers, yesterday made the decision to stop selling to new customers for the time being in light of the gas price increase, while Neo Energy called on new customers to register on a waiting list. Do these companies generally have financing arrangements in place with banks or alternative lenders? There's a number of small energy suppliers facing distress that never really had enough assets to secure significant sums of debt on their balance sheets. Um, these companies entered the market when Ofgen liberalised it and barriers to entry were reduced. These smaller players, which Ofgen classifies as having market share below 1% in either gas or electricity, tend to be pure suppliers. Whereas the big six energy suppliers, which Ofgem refers to as large, given their market share is above 5%, are integrated, meaning they not only supply energy to customers, but they also generate electricity. For mid-tier suppliers, which Ofgem classifies as suppliers with a market share of between 1% and 5%, it's a different situation. Many of these companies want to be better positioned financially when it comes to trading gas and electricity in the wholesale market to hedge against price fluctuations. As such, they needed access to a range of financial instruments and debt. Mid-sized player Bulb faces about £75 million in maturities at the end of the year, according to its accounts for the year ended March 31st, 2020. This comprises a £55 million loan facility and an additional £20 million fully drawn facility. It suffered a £63 million loss in the same period, with net liabilities totaling £223 million. Its parent company, Simple Energy Limited, provided a letter confirming it will grant support as required for a period of at least 12 months from the signing of its accounts in March last year. So why aren't these smaller providers able to pass on the hike in gas prices to their customers? All energy suppliers are restricted by a price cap, which was introduced in 2019 by Ofgem to protect customers from high energy bills. It sets the maximum price suppliers in England, Wales and Scotland can charge customers on a standard or default tariff. From October, customers on default tariffs paying by direct debit will see an increase of £139. Uh, from £1,138 to £1,277. Prepayment customers will see an increase of £153 from £1,156 to £1,309, according to Ofgem. The change in the price cap means that energy companies can raise their price cap deals, and many have announced that they will. But some suppliers are calling on the regulator to further increase the caps, arguing the increases do not meet the wholesale cost increases. According to a recent report by the BBC, because energy firms are now scarcely making a profit on gas, it's likely the energy cap will raise again in April next year. What government support is available for these smaller sized providers? The UK's business secretary, Kwasi Kwarteng, is in ongoing talks with industry leaders to support energy firms threatened by the price hike. But according to press reports, the minister appears to be prioritising the future of larger energy providers. In the UK, when an energy supplier goes insolvent, it is up to the energy regulator Ofgem to automatically switch their customers to a different company. This is known as a supplier of last resort. The government is considering offering state-backed loans to larger energy companies that are willing to take on customers of failed providers. Companies such as British Gas are poised to take advantage of the market dislocation and snap up smaller providers which are unable to withstand the spike in prices. 
In March, British Gas acquired Nabu Energy after Ofgem named it as a supplier of concern and issued it with a final order threatening its energy license after its debt of £2.68 million wasn't settled on time. Last week, it was reported that a larger energy provider, Octopus, had requested access to a data room that was set up by Bulb's financial advisors in an attempt to secure new funding. It is not yet clear whether Octopus's interest would extend to mounting a formal bid to acquire Bulb. Octopus is one of the larger companies lined up to take advantage of customers of collapsing smaller companies, included several series of fundraising in recent years, and has significantly more dry powder than its competitors to consolidate the market. Other options for small energy suppliers are limited. The government is likely to provide some emergency relief, mainly to ensure that UK consumers do not bear the brunt of the tax hikes. But last week, Quateng told the House of Commons that the government will not be bailing out failed companies and the taxpayer should not be expected to prop up companies which have poor business models and are not resilient to fluctuations in price. Of the 70 energy suppliers operating earlier this year, experts now forecast fewer than 10 will survive all with larger market shares, according to analysis from Baringa Partners. Which sectors will be materially impacted by these rising energy costs? The rise in gas prices has caused knock-on shortages of CO2, a byproduct of fertilisation production. This is impacting a number of sectors, including healthcare, food and drink production, packaging and manufacturing. The British Meat Processors Association recently warned that CO2 supplies for some companies could run out by this Friday, October 1st. CO2 is used to stun animals before slaughter, so this could force slaughterhouses to close and pig farmers to cull their own animals on farms. As CO2 is also injected into the packaging of perishable foods to inhibit the growth of bacteria, prolonging the shelf life of products by a few days, a number of grocery stores have warned of food shortages. A number of other trade bodies have warned of widespread supply chain disruption, creating product shortages and pushing up consumer prices too. Earlier this month, the gas price increase resulted in the closure of two CF industry fertiliser plants in the UK, the country's main source of CO2. While the UK government has agreed a short-term arrangement with CF Industries to enable immediate restart of CO2 production, the shortage will remain at some capacity, continuing to push up prices. Are opportunities for special situations emerging in any other sectors? Distressed investors anticipate an increase in special situations as government support measures relax. Inflation and potential rising interest rates will also force companies to further cut costs and this could cause the markets to tumble. For now, lenders have been patient and agreeing to covenant waivers, but this could change next year if creditors decide to enforce. I'm hearing a lot about inflation and supply chain woes hitting construction hard. Despite demand in the construction sector booming, Companies which took a severe hit when the impact of the pandemic led to a fall in activity are now being hit by increasing costs in materials, supply chain delays and a labour shortage. While some existing projects are going ahead, the hike in prices of materials and labour puts new projects at risk as working capital pressures increase across the entire supply chain. This is putting smaller companies that have lower margins and are lower down the supply chain at risk, such as subcontractors. I'm being told that many subcontractors are beyond bare bones in financial terms. The previous lockdowns were a big financial setback and many companies relied on government-backed loans and furlough schemes to get through the period. 
Retailers that have relied on government support and restrictions placed on landlords' ability to forfeit leases, exercise commercial rent arrears, recovery, or petition for tenants winding up are also posed to face hurdles once these benefits stop. What about the hospitality sector? Is this posed for recovery? We are hearing of a number of travel-related companies in the UK that are struggling with at-all licence renewals due at the end of this month. The UK's at-all scheme covers package holidays sold by travel businesses. Having one means if the at-all holder fails and a consumer's holiday can no longer go ahead, that consumer is protected and can be reimbursed. In order to be granted a new at-all license, the regulator must be satisfied that the business has adequate financial resources to meet its financial obligations. Travel companies are also legally required to issue at-all certificates. Earlier this month, the UK's Civil Aviation Authority, which runs the at-all scheme, said more than 45% of travel companies that are due to renew their at-all license by the deadline which is set today were yet to apply. That means earlier this month, just 510 of the potential 1,127 travel businesses were yet to apply to renew their at-all. This all comes after a very tough period for the travel sector, which has been hit very hard by the pandemic. As travel restrictions continue to be eased, we are going to see more recovery, but for some companies, margins may be too tight to last without a new source of additional funding. Thank you, Andrew, and thank you for listening. You can read more about the situations discussed on our website, and feel free to reach out to Andrew and I with any questions. We will be back next month for another discussion about a topical mid-market situation or trend. Bye for now.